you guys. Welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I am stoked to be here this morning. Today's episode is all about holidays. <laughs> it's that time of the year, and we're going to be talking about how to be at the table well. And what I want you to hear, if nothing else during this episode, is that you're invited. You're invited to the holiday table. So literally, Radical Wellness, the group that I kind of founded and gathered the top women in their field um, as therapists, somatic experience therapists, intuitive coaches, spiritual directors, um, there is a group of us, Radical Wellness Collaborative, and we're hosting an online event and this is what I mean. We're going to tell you the truth about our, our experiences at the holiday table when our families gather. We're going to give you tips and tools about how to stay regulated, how to language questions, how to not panic, how to be present, how to not have to shape shift, how to not feel like you have to leave or if you have to leave, how to do that well. So the goal of this conversation, and we're each gonna take a turn kind of in our own hot seat, giving you like the best of what we know from where we sit. And then we're gonna open it up to live Q&A. So that means you're gonna say, hey, every Thanksgiving, my uncle, blah, 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 what do I say? What do I do, right? And so, or I can't stand the dynamic between um, my mother-in-law and sister-in-law, or I don't, I'm not drinking this year and I don't know what to say, or I, the cousin situation, I don't know, pick a, pick a thing. What's your thing? The thing that you like makes you not want to (laughs) go. Okay. What's the thing that would keep you from being at the holiday table? Well, what is the, the person, place, event, scenario? What's the role that you end up playing that makes you not want to go to the holidays. And that is where we're gonna be focusing the heart of our conversation. So check out the link in this um, podcast episode. You can also go to radicalwellness.co, that's just .co to get tickets. Um, You can check out elisnipes.com, anything, anywhere. Um, it's $65. It's going to be recorded as well, but we'd love for you to be there live so that way we can get your specific questions around your holiday table dynamics. Okay, so that's like the thing that's happening is, the, is we're going to gather on, hey, I bet a date would be helpful, <laughs> November 14th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. November 14th, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Zoom and yeah. That's the sitch. Okay, let me get into why. Um, every Monday, our team gathers and we talk pretty extensively and openly around like what's actually going on. So on Mondays, it's like, how are you? What's going on? What's, what's happening for you in the season? What is, you know, what are you facing? What are you dreading? Where, where are you winning? <laughs> like what is, what's going on? you know, that you might not be asked about on your daily. And some of the experiences that were coming up were around the holiday table. And what I mean by the holiday table, you guys, is it just happens to be this time of the year. But these are the family dynamics that are going on every day of the year. They just tend to be highlighted, you know, or broadcast for everyone during the season. So your whoever it is that's on your list is this way all year long. You just might have to see them during Thanksgiving. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Okay, so no one's changing. It's just this is you're just gonna see them. <laughs> that that's that's like that's the most honest way that we could approach the table is the dynamics that have always been there are gonna continue to be there if we don't do anything to interrupt the pattern. Okay, so interrupting the pattern might be staying present in our physical body, not dissociating, not making that joke. You know, staying present at the table might mean having a boundary and say, well, we're gonna, we're, we have to, we're gonna leave tonight at this time. Or it might be not going at all. Okay, so again, we're saying that this is about the holidays, but what we're really saying is that this is how you are interacting with your family of origin or nuclear family all the time. And it just so happens that it gets kind of heated and centered around the holiday table. And we want to be able to equip you with actual practical things, tools, statements, ways of being present at the table that allow you to actually feel like that was, I'm, I love the way that that went. I can do this. I, I like to, to gain the traction and the confidence in being able to be you in every room that you're in. So I'm going to give you some like tidbits of, of where we're going. And I, the invitation for you this morning is to consider what lands for you. What connects to your story that you're like, oh my gosh, me too. Um, I, you know, I didn't, I, or I didn't even know that was a dynamic that's going on, but I actually feel that in my bones now that you've said it. So just pay attention to what you react to. Pay attention to where you might feel your stomach drop or you might feel like changing the channel, you know, all the symptoms and um, information, right, that our body gives us around reacting to something that we might not have dealt with yet, okay? So one of the things that we're going to be covering is around the rules and roles in our family dynamics. So every one of us growing up was cast into some role. And maybe sometimes we cast ourselves. And maybe we were cast because of birth order or who was the responsible one, who's in charge of gathering everybody, um, who does the cooking, uh, who shows up late, who drinks too much, um, who's super political, whose kid is going to be the worst. Like, just go with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Just run it through. Again, run it through your story. Don't take this stuff personally. Just listen to the roles. We assume them of ourselves and of others. We assume that that person's going to show up that way. We are also casting people in our own drama, right? We assume that this story is going to be told and... Um, I mean, I just rolled my eyes as I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm, I already know what it is in my, at my table where I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, so what is it at yours? What's the thing that happens at yours, the roles that everyone plays, okay? And what would it be like, what would it take for you to get to be in a role of your choice, right? Because we, you know, we're no longer the, the kids technically in that family, right? Even though we might show up and we might be treated or feel like we're really young again when we're with our family of origin, how do we stay in our adult self? How do we show up as we are rather than reverting back to who they've needed us to be? Okay, so that's going to be a dominant topic for us at our holiday table event. And we're also going to talk about the different types of boundaries. So not just the boundaries of like, um, I'm going to, I'm going or I'm not going. But the boundaries, even like energetically or psychologically, 
when we might feel like someone's making us uncomfortable or someone's pushing or pushing us. You know, like, you know, we kind of feel like, uh, like someone's kind of in your space, not, and maybe not just physically, but they're kind of like up in your like emotional business. They're like, they're everywhere. And learning how to create some space, how to step into language that fits and neurological intervention. So literally, how do we regulate the nervous system that allows you to be able to say what you want to say when you want to say it? Um, One of our therapists is going to be talking about how do we actually use language in a way that represents what we want to say? Okay, so there's a lot of things that I might like to say at the holiday table, and if I said them a certain way, that actually be hurt. <laughs> okay, so that's a goal of mine. I love, and this is Katie who's going to be sharing this. When Katie shares, I'm like taking notes. She's in a, we're in our Monday meeting, and I'm like, yes, Katie, yes. <laughs> Take notes, notes on how you just said that. So if you're looking for really practical tips of ways to say what you mean, Katie's going to be our shining star on that night. Um. The other topic we're going to be talking about is kind of breaking the silence at the table. So there are, sometimes we, and this is maybe even for the, if you have young adults at your table, or if you have recently gone through like a pretty big, whatever, a deconstruction, um, a shift in your own like self, whatever, or life philosophy. And we get to the table and people don't know that. Okay, so they don't know that you read that book and it changed your life. They don't know that you went on that retreat and you see things differently now. Um, they don't know. And so what is it like to break the silence when the old pattern comes up? What's it like to speak up? Do you want to? What, what could you do to interrupt um, the I stay quiet moment? How could you break the silence? What would it feel like? What would it be like? To say, you know, actually, I don't know that I actually think that anymore. Or I don't agree. You know, what's, what's the risk in being able to, to say what you think? Um, we're also going to be talking about age differentiation. So Sam on our team is going to be talking about perspective and tips of the different age gaps, generational shifts that are happening at the table. So if you have um, people from different perspectives, how do, we, how do we gain traction in our conversations? How do we make room for someone who's rapidly evolving? You know, those young adults are doing so much work in regards to differentiating from, from family of origin and stepping into the adult self. So how do we support them at the table? How do we encourage their voice? How do we ask really good questions so that they are heard? So we welcome new like thought trends, new patterns at the table. So there's just like the, the again, these are just things I'm throwing in your direction because the holiday table is often charged. So a couple other things I want to name around the holiday table. Taking a breath even as I consider the shift. So we focus a lot on who is going to be there, um, and we sometimes miss the unspoken, the unnamed, or who's not going to be there. And so if you've been at this podcast for any stretch of time, um, I, you'll hear me often talk about my brother. Um, he died in a skateboard accident when we were in our young 20s, and it is every year that it's like there's the empty chair for him. Like every year, I there's a space that he holds even though he's not there. 
and yet his loss is there, right? Like the memory of him is there, the uh, space he would hold is there. So even though he's not going to sit at our table, there is an emptiness around who should be there. He should be there, his partner should be there, his kids should be there. Like all, like there, there is a life that is going unlived and that shows up at our holiday table. And so you might consider like who will not be at your holiday table, whether through loss or relationship loss or someone who's moved or someone who got in a fight with someone else and so they're not going to be there or, or just any of the other unnamed, unspoken, unrecognized experiences that mean that someone's not going to be present, okay? So the holiday table brings up a lot because I said it's not, it's not just the holiday table. You guys, this is the table of our life and it just is highlighted during the season. And so my brother isn't there any time of the year, but I feel it you know, pretty exceptionally during this time of the year when there's a lot of pressure on family. Uh, when I also like kind of root back historically into my family of origin, if I go way back, so when we were young, the holidays were exceptionally volatile. Uh, we had an alcoholic parent, which means that everything was unpredictable. And the sigh of relief came if we didn't get into a car accident on the way home. It was like, okay, we, we made it. Like, I can breathe again. So we always went to my, my grandmother's for Thanksgiving, and my dad would always drive drunk. It, was, it wasn't... Like, okay, I'll, let me just give you a snippet. I did not know until I was in college that the, the saying, don't drink and drive, that it didn't mean you can't actively be drinking while you're driving, okay? That's what I want you to understand about the alcoholism that was in my home. I literally thought don't drink and drive meant like my dad would literally drink and drive. I didn't know that it meant don't have a, have X amount of drinks and then get in the car and drive, okay? So that's the level of like alcoholism that we're talking about. The stench that those early childhood family of origin holiday experiences have left is a sense of hypervigilance for me over like what's, what bad thing's going to happen. That sense of... Um, what is it? It's like it's extreme focused or preparation, holding breath, holding of like, oh God, what's going to happen? And how can I prepare for the worst? And I can hear, right? I can hear my thoughts, right? And you can hear the roles too, especially in an alcoholic family. You've got real extreme roles real quickly. I uh, I was like uh, the oldest child. So I'm going to make sure that dad's okay. Mom's okay. Twins are okay. You know, peacekeeper, um, whatever, you know, some parentified you know, child. So early childhood forms that. Then adolescence is like, you know what? I'm out. (laughs) I don't want to be here. I don't have to. I'm going to go to someone else's table and sit at their house where they have like traditions and stories and people are laughing like, and no one's getting hurt. Like I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to that table. So I would, I would be the kid at a show, but other people's table. I was at my, you know, the, my now in-laws table for years before I was ever a part of the family because I just wanted to be able to go somewhere where it didn't hurt so much. So there's like transient years, you know, and then as I've gotten older and like my family of origin has shifted so much, there's been a new negotiation of roles where I have actually, my, my work has been to step back 
to step out. I don't need to, I'm not going to take care of everybody. I don't need to make sure everyone's okay. I'm not in charge of everybody else's emotional health at the table, right? So I'm, I'm relieving the role I've played in order to be there well. So my work has been to step out. My husband's role is probably actually to step in, um, to speak up, to say what he means, to move out of quiet or peacekeeping, right? To actually be willing to have disruption, to, to, say, to say what he actually thinks if we were at our own table, right? And so there's, I mean, there's a bit of a spectrum. <laughs> My husband and I do tend to fall on, on opposite sides of the spectrum most of the time. And so I, I want to share that because I want you to hear that we self-care or boundaries or all those, you know, all the different things. It's not a one-size-fits-all. To be boundaried for me might be to step back. To be boundaried for my husband would be to step in. In order for him to hold on to his true self, like his self, he would speak up. Right? Because otherwise he would be denying himself. He would be denying what he actually thinks He would be shutting down a part of himself or folding that up, right? So to be boundary, to be in oneself, would actually be to go against the instinct of what it would mean to be good at the holiday table, right? Of what's expected. And vice versa, with my family of origin, it's that I don't need to solve this for you. I, I actually don't need to even know. God, I don't even need to be involved in that. Um, I don't need to have an opinion about that. I don't, you know, I don't need to be the one to save the day or to have it all together so that everyone else is okay. I, I can sit back. That would be a way for me to hold on to myself is I don't have to. No one's going to die if I don't step forward. So again, spectrum, giving you samples of like real human beings and the way we show up at tables. Um, other things and I'd like to put out there for you is you might be thinking about this holiday episode and think we don't, we don't actually have those thoughts or conversations or problems or, or whatnot. Then can you expound upon this for other family dynamics or other friend dynamics that you run into that are like, God, this is really um, uncomfortable? Because I think that's the actual goal if I zoom out all the way is to be able to experience a sense of comfort, which is ultimately safety, so that I don't have to feel my shoulders rising up to my ears. <laughs> so I don't have to wonder what's going to happen. So I don't have to check myself. So I don't have to be in dread the day of. So I don't have to drink too much when I get there. So I don't need to have a break when I get home. Right. So those are, if, if we're doing any of that type of preparation or leaving while we're there, or like recuperating on the tail end, then this conversation is for you, whether you realize it or not. Um, other things I'm throwing out there, this is kind of a, it's, this is just like a, this is a potluck of information, this, po- this podcast episode, because it's just all the holiday things that come rushing forward this time of the year. Um, do you go? Do you go? I mean, this is a conversation my husband and I have all the time, is what, what does it mean to be a part of our extended family in a, in a, in a really healthy way? And what is our, um, our goal to our family that we're raising? And so some years, that means we show up for the hoopla. We, we do it all. We host or we go to where it's being held and we do the damn thing. We, we put the clothes on, we 
prepare the dishes, we show up well, we go over, you know, what what it's going to be like. And this year, we're not. This year, we're not going at all. We're going to Mexico. And some of the choice in that is we don't have to. That there's a difference between our family and our extended family. That it is okay that I have to show up every year. That I have to do what is always expected just because. And I know there's a ton of nuance and this might feel loaded or sticky. Um, but when I bring up the word family obligation, when we talk about what is expected, what you're obliged to do, how does that sit with you? What is, how does it feel? How do you feel about tradition? How do you feel about obligation? How do you feel about what you're supposed to do? How do you feel about what's expected of you? How much space do you need to be able to renegotiate that role, to get to come back into a place of choice over, this is when I wanna show up, how I wanna show up, where I wanna show up? How much healing do you need to be able to actually get there and feel really good, confident, safe, secure about the way it's gonna go down? So some years we show up, some years we don't. Some years we do our own thing, some years we do both, some years we do nothing at all. There were years where we'd go to my dad's, my mom's, my husband's parents with all of our tiny children, just scooping everybody along the way. And then I was like, you know what? (laughs) I think we're done with that. This is crazy. What are we doing? Dragging our kids all over the place. We've got the small kids, you guys can come to us. And then there's years like this year where it's like, you know what, adios, (laughs) we out. So just, again, there isn't right, there isn't a prescriptive sense of to be healthy looks like this, to be whole looks like this, to be grounded or boundary looks like this. It is ever evolving, ever shifting as you evolve and shift, as your family's needs evolve and shift, as your career shift, as your, as your family of origin shifts. This year, we have an opportunity around my husband's work that is like, we've, we see this tiny little opening and we're taking it. We're seizing the moment, we're seizing the holiday. We're allowing ourselves to evolve and to shift out of the way it's always been. So what needs to evolve in your family of origin? What icky, sticky role would you like to take off? What is a new role you'd like to inhabit? What do you need in order to stay seated at the table with a regulated sense of I am okay? What do you need to say ahead of time? What do you need on the back end in order to feel like, okay, all right, how do you want to feel? How do you want it to go? Do you know that you have a say? So those are holiday thoughts and tidbits. I would love to hear more about what you're thinking and how you're preparing for the holiday season. And I would really love to invite you to Radical Wellness's holiday table We are opening up a time for you to bring your questions, your family dynamics, to troubleshoot what is going to come up for you this holiday, whether that is the actual holidays or the metaphorical table of what it is like to be you and your family. October, (laughs) November 14th, 5.30 p.m. PST. Um, And if you can't make that event and you just want to talk to a therapist, we are also opening up just a one-time session. So there are times where I'm like, I don't really need to start a whole new therapeutic relationship. What I need is just to like run through my shit for a second and have someone help me get ready for this event. And that's what, 
That is very directly what these sessions are going to be. It's focused on your holiday experience, your holiday pattern, and doing a one-time session to be able to kind of clear it out so you're able to get there well. So holiday table event, November 14th, 5.30 p.m. PST online and or book yourself a holiday session where you get to do a one-time session with a therapist who's able to equip you to show up to the holiday table well so you have tools and tricks in your bag this year. Okay, cheers.